1: We've been looking at Paul's letter to the Philippians these past several months, and we continue on today with a message entitled Upward Thinking. Now, Philippians, the main theme of Philippians is teaching and admonishing the church how to nurture the Christian mind, how to think like followers of Jesus, that's the, the main theme of this letter. Now, within the theme of the letter, you you have uh, the theme of joy as a sub-theme. You have the theme of uh, spiritual unity within the church. Um, you have the theme of, of, of uh, o- overcoming uh, the obstacles that we face in life. There are so many sub-themes, but the main theme of the letter to the Philippians is to nurture the Christian mind, to, to show Paul shows the church how to think as followers of Jesus. And our text this morning is taken from that one central or two central verses within the whole letter. Uh, It's taken from Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. Of course, we are using the NIV, so if you have a different version, that's fine too. It's printed up here. I hope you have a, a bulletin and you're taking notes this morning. Beginning with verse 12, we're only reading two or three verses this morning. Paul writes... Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. We went hiking, uh, my family and I, a few years back down in one of these hiking trails in the Los Gatos Hills. And it's one of those places wherein you can actually, when you pull into the parking lot, you can actually see how high you're going to be hiking. You're actually going to see it from the parking lot. And let me tell you, I wasn't in any good shape. So as soon as we pulled into the parking lot and I got out and I saw what I had to go through, I was tired I wanted to give up. But anyway, we wanted that and we wanted to, to know what it's like to hike such a high, high um, uh, trail. And so we did. And it, let me tell you, it was um, an ordeal for me. It was very steep. The pathways are, are rugged. Uh, there's a lot of insects. It was very hot. It was really tough going up. There's a lot of bumps and a lot of rough sections within the path. Uh, there's so many weeds and bushes. It was a nightmare. But as we get closer to the top, the view from the top began to change for me. It began to look a lot better. And finally, when we got to the very top, it was a magnificent view of the entire Silicon Valley. You can see everything. You can see the whole city of San Jose. You can, you, I even pinpointed out where my house was. We live close to a cemetery with a big cross, so I, that was my uh, focal point. And it was beautiful. It was magnificent. And then I, and I looked over to the, to the left side and I saw a sign that says, This Way Back. And you know what? I decided to follow the same trail going down as I did going up. And you know what's amazing? on the way back, I I started to see things differently. I began to notice there was a lot of flowers in that same path. I didn't see that before on the way up. There were a lot of fruit trees. There were a lot of birds, exotic plants. There was even a tiny brook that meanders back to the parking lot. And I began to see things differently. And then I I noticed that God taught me a very powerful lesson on what it means to grow in our faith, to grow in our relationship with God. It's that way. There are so many things in the process of strengthening and growing our relationship with God, in the process of strengthening our faith, we don't often see the destination. We don't often see what lies ahead. What we see are the distractions, the barriers, the hardships. That, that we go through in order to get to that place. God taught me that in the Christian life, it's not the journey that matters, it's the destination. Because once I got to the top, I began to see things from a different perspective. Life seems to be better. Things, sh- things look a lot better than they were going up. And that's what we go through in the Christian life. Maybe some of you are are struggling a little bit in in your journey of faith. Maybe some of you this morning are encountering struggles and and obstacles and things like that. I want to assure you that it's not the journey that we're focusing on. We are focusing on the destination and that destination points upward. Our destination is eternity. Our destination is heaven. Our destination is the throne of Jesus where he sits in all power. That's the focus of the Christian life. That's how the scriptures are training us to think. Paul in this letter is training Christians to think upwards. By the way, heaven is up. It's not down. Okay, Spiritual Zion is in the sides of the north, the Bible says. So we're going upward. So in that process, we go through obstacles, we go through trials, we go through tribulations, we go through challenges in life. But you know what? Compared to where we're going, the journey is nothing. Now we still have to go through it. Don't ask me why. But God takes us through the valley of the shadow of death, the Bible says. But the destination is worth the journey. And that's what Paul was teaching us. The Christian life is not an easy life. Maybe I should tell you that. I want to let you know, I'm not going to sell you a bill of goods that you're going to go look back and say, that guy told me that this life is going to be better or easy. I didn't say that. The scripture doesn't testify to that. It's not the journey that matters. It's the destination. The Christian life is not easy. Uh, If it's easy, Jesus would not have sent us the Holy Spirit. Can uh, Can you say an amen to that one? If Jesus thought that the, the journey heavenward would be easy, there would be no need for the church, right? There would be no need for the Holy Spirit. There would be no need for Him to offer us His divine word. There would be no need for us to gather together every Sunday or as often as we can to be able to process this life together. There'd be no need for fellowship. There's no need to, for him even because if, if, if the Christian life is is, is easy or is without Trials or problems. The fact is, the journey upward is sometimes difficult. But the destination is worth it. And the reward for enduring in faith is amazing. Consider these words in Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 to 3. You are familiar with this passage of scriptures. But let me just read it to you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Who are those great clouds? of witnesses. They are the followers of Jesus. They are the believers in the past who have endured the journey and have made it into heaven, and they're now urging us on. The rest of us who are still here on earth, they're urging us on. They're testifying to the fact that, hey, the journey might be difficult, but I want to let you know we're, we're trying to urge you on to move forward. The journey heavenward is tough. But we have a cloud of witnesses. We can refer to them as people who have gone through the journey and have made it successfully. That's why I love reading this passage of Scripture. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. It's an upward race. It's an upward journey. We got to think upwardly, so to speak. It says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful man, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Even Jesus, who is our main witness. To this journey called the Christian life, endured the cross. The Bible says he suffered, he died, he brought on himself the excruciating pain of paying for the sin of the world, sins of the world, for what reason? Not only for the for the demonstration of how much God loves us, but it says for the joy of seeing us make it through the journey towards heaven. And that's the same for us today. Our journey here and now will be filled with obstacles, with barriers, with, with, with all kinds of adversities. But, but we focus on our, our eyes on what Jesus has done. We're not controlled by the journey. We are controlled by the destination. If we pay too much attention to what's going on in our circumstances, let me tell you, there'll be no joy in your life. If you look at what you have to go through in life, if I have to go and look and focus on the things that I have to endure while I'm making this trek towards heaven, then I will lose my joy. And we're not commanded by scriptures. We're not called by God to look at the circumstances. They are real. They are palpable. We can experience them. We're not. Except from them, we will go through tribulations. Jesus says, don't don't marvel at the fact that you go through tribulations in this world. I have gone through them. Don't marvel at the fact that people hate me. People hate you, they hated me first. I mean, Jesus never gave them a promise uh, of of, of a trouble-free, problem-free life. And yet he's saying, my throne is a throne of power. My throne is a throne that will make this journey Worth taking. But if we look at our circumstances, we're going to get bogged down. We're going to be empty pretty soon inside. And almost everything in life will be on hold if you look at what's going on on, on a day to day basis. If we look at the things that are happening in our life. Let me ask you some questions this morning, some probing questions. How's your life right now? How are you dealing with your life right now? What are, what are some of the difficult things that you're going through? How's your marriage? How's your career? How are your general relationships going? These are common things that we ask ourselves when we're at church because these are good things to ask ourselves, amen? These puts us in a right perspective. If you're, not, if, if you're looking at your life and you're saying, I don't need to, to meditate on the things that, that, are, that are really happening in my life, then, then you, you you probably be in denial, No, it's a good thing to ask where we are in our relationships with one another, in our relationship, in our marriage, in our career, in our plans for our life. Those are good things to ask, but we only ask them from the perspective of what its value in terms of eternity, amen? We got to think with an eternal perspective. We got to think upwards because that's where we're going, okay? Did you come to church this morning because you have a need? And I'm telling you, you know, you need to come to church if you have a need. Did you come to church this morning? a problem in your life. And I'm, let me tell you, that's a good reason to come to church. I mean, that's what the church is for. It's a hospital for people who are sick in, in every aspect of their lives. But I want to tell you something. And I've said this many times. We don't assemble a church we don't gather together on Sunday mornings because we have a need or because we have a problem. Those things are good reasons to be here this morning. Uh, we didn't come here because we want God to bless us. God has no problem blessing you even if you're sitting at home. he blessed you. That comfortable couch that you're sitting on right now, that's a blessing from God. Don't mock those things The God on a daily basis. The fact that up this morning and the fact that these lights are doing wonders to my hair. Let me tell you something. No, with him, only have only three options this morning. Number one, lights. Number two, he CGI would his hair. Or number two, he's interviewing for a job. I'm not gonna say anything more about it. That's your problem. I hope you didn't come this morning for those reasons, for needs, for problems, for blessings. We have come into this house today because Jesus is Lord. Because He's seated on the throne. Because He has all the power and authority given to Him. There's nothing that I will ever encounter in this life that the focus of His power cannot sustain me. That's why I'm here. That's why we move on. That's why the journey is sweet even though it has so many things that we have to deal with. We are here because we are being given a glimpse of what it means to face, to focus our eyes on Jesus. And we focus, his, we focus on his presence now because one day we're going to see him face to face. It's not that our situation or circumstances are not important. The important thing is that Jesus is Lord. He knows your past. Amen? He knows what you're going through right now. And he knows what's going to happen to you and me in the future. I'm not saying we ignore our situation. But if we come together, together in the church for those earthly circumstantial reasons, we will never have the full joy that the Holy Spirit has promised we can have. No. Our focus is heavenward. Our thinking points us to heaven. Trust me, problems and obstacles will never go away. They'll always be there. That's why Scripture teaches us to focus our eyes on Jesus. He is the author. You and I placed our faith in Jesus, and at that moment, at that moment, He takes responsibility for our trust in Him. He is the author of it and he will perfect it, and he will finish it. And I could smile and thank God for that every day because I know that that's the focus of the journey. Jesus is Lord. Now, how how do you and I think about our circumstances determines how we feel about them. So we need to learn how to think upwardly. We need to to refocus our mindset on how to think upwardly heavenward so we need to take steps in order to change our thinking if you're so bogged down with what's going on in your life right now uh, you know i kind of feel sad for you because you'll, you'll never truly experience the joy of what it means to be a follower of jesus we need to take steps in order to change the way we think by the way the the term change the way we think is the same um term as repentance that's what repentance really is Repentance simply means change the way we think, and we do that every time. We just don't repent because we committed a sin. Okay, that's 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 the main application of the word repentance, uh, theologically, and the way we use it in church. But repentance also uh, applies to the way we change our thinking so that we can function properly in life and in this journey. It simply means to change the focus of our mind. You know, if we used to think this. you think another way. You think more biblically. You think more scripturally. You think more spiritually. There has to be a shift in our thinking. So we, we need to see what Scripture says about that. And in this passage, Paul gives us three ways we can shift our thinking from what it is right now and how we can shift that thinking heavenward. Okay, Number one. In order to have an upward mindset, to be able to think upward, this is the first thing we got to do. Number one, we need to think about our testimony before we talk about our trials. Okay, so that's the first point of the sermon this morning. Think about your testimony before talking about your trials. Now, let me have that sink in for a moment, okay? Look at the, verse, uh, the first verse, verse 12. Paul writes, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Think about your testimony. Do you have a testimony of your, of your faith in Jesus? What difference did Jesus make in your life? I'm asking the question this morning. Just think about it. What difference did your relationship with Jesus make? In your life. How were you before you put, you put it in Jesus and how are you now? What that story is is called your testimony. You're testifying to what difference Jesus have made in your life, how you used to be and how you are now. Without a clear testimony, loved ones, without a clear understanding of the difference that Jesus have made in your life, uh, we 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 will not know where we are in our relationship with Him. The focus will be on your fo- if you don't have a this has done in your life. Your life's focus will be on those problems, will be on those trials. Again, I'm not minimizing your troubles. I'm not minimizing the situation or the problems that you and I face. But you have God in your life. If you have Jesus in your life you can begin to take steps in doing an inventory of what difference that relationship with God has made. You have God in your life. There will be a difference. Start thinking about what Jesus has done in your life. And and if, if you're honest this morning, listen very carefully, and if you can't pinpoint to a singular thing that made a difference in your life when you came to faith in Jesus, I will invite you later on. To come and establish that relationship with Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. I'm not inviting you to join a religion or a church. I'm inviting you to go to Jesus and have that relationship with Him. Because He makes a difference in every person's life. If He hasn't done anything in your life, let me invite you at the end of this service to put your trust in Him. And to make him the Lord of your life. But this morning, if you are already a follower of Jesus. And if your focus and if your thinking is still on your circumstances. I want you to know that you need to make that repentant move. You need to make a shift in your thinking. In context, Paul says, this is is what I'm saying to you. I have not obtained that. Perfection. I have not obtained that perfect life. I have not obtained that, that perfect circumstances in my life. And Paul is saying, I probably will never have a perfect circumstance or situation in life. But one thing I do, I press forward. I move forward towards the goal. And why did he say that? He said that in context two verses before. He wrote this in verse 10. He says, my life's goal is this. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow attain to the resurrection from the dead. What does he mean? What does the Bible mean when it says the power of His resurrection? What does it mean to have fellowship with the sufferings of Jesus. These are very powerful Christian concepts. We can't escape this. It's it's woven throughout the New Testament that we need to operate in resurrection power and we also need to understand what it means to have fellowship with the suffering of Jesus. This is missing in a lot of contemporary preaching. We shy away from the fact that this world is not our home. The Bible talks about resurrection. You won't be resurrected unless you die first. So what does that mean? All of us are going to die, and our focus must not be on the earthly death. Our focus should be on the resurrected life, right? And a fellowship of suffering. While we are in this world, Jesus says there will be that suffering. It will cost you to be a Christian, amen? There's a price to be paid. And I know we're trying to avoid that because, you know, hey, you know, haven't we suffered already? I don't look at suffering so much as a curse from God. If you're a Christian, the curse has been broken. Amen? The suffering that we face has nothing to do with curse or punishment. It has everything to do with conformity. We're being conformed to the likeness of Jesus. And that's, that's a good spot to say amen. So what does Paul says about the power of the resurrection and a fellowship in his suffering. He explained this in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Let me read that to you. Paul writes, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you.